Oh, the NBA is back. It's back in a big way. There are dumb coaching decisions. There are dumb coaching decisions. There's also a smattering of dumb coaching decisions. We're going to break down all the action from Thursday, 12 games on. Michael Bolton, you're not a dumb coaching decision. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I'm currently working on my own 52-part TikTok series. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore b-ball on TikTok at redrock underscore b-ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That is linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. It's even more important than ever to be a double banger right now because I've said this a couple of times, but from after this show, the audio side of our podcast business at Locked On, we're just making a change to who hosts our, our podcasts. So until Monday, US time, the audio shows will not come out. They'll probably, I'll probably drop them all in one big batch on Monday just to get them out there and you can listen back to them. Some of them won't be relevant, but you know you can do the right thing and just download them anyway. But it's important that you are seeing those videos on YouTube. Important to note, on YouTube, the uh, Friday, not Friday, the Saturday Look Ahead show, the Week 18 preview, the Sunday Look Ahead show, the Sunday Waiver Wire show, the Monday Look Ahead show and the Sunday Recap show will all be only on YouTube and they will release at a later date, Monday afternoon, most likely um, on audio side of things. So that's why it is really important to be a double banger right at this point. The uh, NBA comes back with an absolutely insane 12-game schedule. Idiot, stop it. Stop it. Do you want people to watch this game, this sport or not? 12 games is just too many. I don't understand the logic behind any of it, but that is okay because we're here to try and figure out what we figure out. And let's get to some news to start things off. We did get an update, in fact, from the Memphis Grizzlies. We got updates on two of their injuries. The old Memphis question marks answered some of our questions. This should not be a surprise to any of you because when Desmond Bain went down with a grade three ankle sprain, well, that's a grade three. That's a complete tear of an ankle ligament. That's done for the season. And then they were like, yeah, six weeks reevaluation. Okay, that's silly. He's not going to be back. And then we had a report. Uh, he's actually looking to cut his recovery time in half, which of course I had to report because it got mentioned and people picked it up, but also said that it's literally insane. He's either didn't have a grade three ankle sprain or somebody somewhere is lying. So he obviously is not coming back within that three weeks. In fact, he will be reevaluated or he's expected to return to play in three to five more weeks. Five weeks is the 1st of April. And that means that the fantasy season for most of you is done. And this is also another way of sliding that expected in there just to tell you that Desmond Bain won't be back this season. That is my guess. I don't think he's coming back. I also don't think Marcus Smart is coming back. All these words from Zach Kleiman the other day lead to this. This all makes complete sense where Marcus Smart will be reevaluated in another three weeks. And the reevaluation will say, yeah, nah, He's not coming back. 
I, I again, at the time that it happened, I didn't think there was any chance that we would get Desmond Bain back this season, given it came right on the heels of Ja Morant's season-ending injury, and it was a bloody multi-month-long injury. And then they've obfuscated the whole way through. I don't know what they're going to do with the rest of their guys. It's going to be a complete disaster game in, game out in terms of who's in or out. But I'm feeling much more confident that Bain and Smart aren't going to play any sort of part in the rest of this season, at least in the fantasy-relevant portion. And I'd be pretty shocked if Bain's back and running full steam ahead March 20th. I'd be very, very surprised if that happens. Brad Beal is out today. He's out tomorrow with his hamstring injury. At least they're being a little bit more careful with that. Out of nowhere, Scoot Henderson, who played on the weekend on the Rising Stars Challenge, he's out with a groin issue, which apparently he had before the All-Star break as well. So I don't know what they're doing. I can say that for so many teams. Chris Paul is going to be back on the road trips. That's at least three more games out, um, including today. Isaiah Stewart got a three-game suspension. Laughably small, laughably weak to give a three-game suspension. It's less than a week of that gameplay. Less than one week suspension. It's an insanely low suspension. It hopefully... Oh, actually, no, we'll talk more Pistons later. Stewart's suspended. Chris Middleton is out for at least two more games, so that's the rest of this week. And then we'll see him come back maybe next week. I wouldn't be dropping him or anything like that, but just another setback for this bloke in what just seems like a consistent run of setbacks. Let's look at some waiver wire trends. Who have been the most added players over the last 24 hours? Waiver activity has been pretty low uh, with waiting for the NBA to restart back up, but the most added guys, Rui Hachimura up 4%. I get it with LeBron out today. I don't think with 12 games, I'd be rushing to add Rui. Like that doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, Grant Williams up 3%. And Keontae George up 3%. I just think, yeah, that's okay. Even though there's the 12 games on, they're just guys I probably want to have on my roster. DeAndre Hunter up 2. Scoot Henderson up 2. And Gordon Hayward up 2. Hayward won. I don't really get behind that. Hunter, maybe they play tomorrow. I'm not fully convinced. He's okay. I'm not fully convinced. And Scoot, obviously, looked like a good ad. And now he's hurt. And I don't know if this is a long-term thing or not. I would hold Scoot until we get a little bit more information. In terms of the most dropped players... Number one, there is a Men Thompson down 7%. What we heard is Fred VanVleet was coming back and they weren't changing the starting lineup. I think that tomorrow that number might reverse and people will be rushing to grab a Men Thompson, who is very clearly and has always been the Rockets' best prospect. But it is becoming clearer now that he might even just be one of their best players right now. And I'm not sure if they can justify starting Jalen Green over him anymore. We'll see. Aaron Neesmith down 6%. I would hope that they're points leagues. If they're category leagues, I'd be going and adding him. Markel Fultz down 5. Very easy, Jack. Get that garbage out of here! Canard down 4%. Kevin Herter down 4%. And Caleb Martin down 4%. Totally. They're just not 12-team league must-roster players. They're streamable sort of guys, but absolutely not guys that you have to consider as players that you just roster through all, all situations. You don't have to do that because they are yeah very up and down. Today's episode is brought to you by Stitch Fix. Yes, Stitch Fix. You know that instant confidence boost that you get from an outfit that makes you look really good? Well, that's what you can get with Stitch Fix. Stitch Fix gives you a stylist who understands your style, your size, and your budget. They do all the shopping for you, and it's the easiest way to update your wardrobe this season. You give your stylist your size, your style, and your budget preferences. You order boxes when you want and how you want, no subscription required, and they send five just-for-you pieces back, plus outfit recommendations, and pro styling advice as well. You can easily upgrade your wardrobe this year with a professional stylist that helps you find your new on-trend favorites that will work for you. And if you don't love something that Stitch Fix sends, you just send it back. Shipping returns and exchanges are always free. 
Style that makes you feel as good as you look. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash locked on. That is stitchfix.com slash locked on. Stitchfix.com slash locked on. Let's go on to the first game of the day. It is your Detroit Pistons against the Indiana Pacers in terms of um, lineup changes. We did have the Pacers make a change. Aaron Neesmith was out and they put Benedict Matherin into that starting position in place of him. Um, but overall, just another embarrassing performance by the Pistons. They only lose 129-115, but that's not really the story because Monty Williams is either the greatest liar of all time or he says what is the right thing and he knows what the right thing is to do and he is deliberately trying to get fired to secure $75 million without working for the next four years. Or I, I, or I don't know. I, I don't know. He said in the break that they were done experimenting with lineups. Now they're trying to win 60 games into the season. Cool. Those experimentations made no sense also, Monty. So today he comes out, plays 10 guys in the first quarter, an 11-man rotation, and still plays like Cade Cunningham 30 minutes, even though he's clearly the best player. Like, what are you doing? What is this idiot up to? Like, I, I if he is trying to get um, fired... To a degree, I actually respect it. That he turned down the job and they went, no, Monty, have as much money in the world. And he's just gone, how about 80 million? And I went, yeah, sure. Right? I feel like that's, this is how I'm like talking myself into this. Monty, we want you to coach. Oh, I'm done, man. I need the time off. Uh, we'll pay you anything. Uh, $80 million? Yeah, cool. And he goes, fine, this is ridiculous. Let me get fired within three months. Because that's what it feels like. Nothing that he's doing here like makes any sense with these decisions he no one can be this man or this man no one can be this this bad can they maybe they can nothing makes sense with what this team does the front office the ownership the jobs for mates and boys buddy Bayheim, two-year two-way contract because troy weaver is mates with his dad and was a, it was on the staff there in syracuse after giving him a two-way last year and he was the worst player in the nba this stuff is ludicrous. Anyway, Cade played 30 minutes only. He had 35 and 8. He shot 62% from the field with four threes. People still hate Cade, by the way. People are just so out on him. That means he's a massive dynasty by low. I'm not like, yeah. He's been the 49th ranked player this season per game. Um, and he's definitely underperformed where I thought he would do. But people act like he's the worst player in the NBA sometimes. Like That's probably someone else on this team. James Wiseman. Um, but yeah, Cade's got some undervalued value, I think, there for him. Uh, 35 minutes for Asar Thompson's really encouraging. 11, 7, and 5, two steals and three blocks. We love that. How do we trust it? Well, we don't. But the fact that Big Al Stewart's out for at least the next two after this, and Monty yappa, yappa, yappa about, oh, they couldn't have been the Rising Stars game because Asar wasn't there. Well, you know why he wasn't there? Because you killed him. You killed him. And uh, again, Unbelievable coaching. So is he trying to make up for it? I still don't trust it. We still want Asar on our roster though. I don't think that Simone Fonte Fontecchio is must roster. He is a empty points and threes guy. He had 14 and one with two threes, no other stats, played 33 minutes. He just isn't that good of a permanent player. If you're in the fantasy playoffs and the Pistons schedule makes sense to align to add him, sure, like you get a little bit of value there, but he's not this man. We have to have Fontecchio on our team. 
Ivy played 32. He had 14, 2, and 3. We got 18 minutes of the diseased scrotum. Yvonne Fournier, 10 and 4 for him. Um, Quentin Grimes still didn't play. Hopefully Grimes is able to come back into that rotation and take minutes. But why did we get 11 Malachi Flynn minutes and only 10 Marcus Sasser minutes and 18 Fournier minutes and 13 Troy Brown? They went with all bench lineups again. And those all bench lineups, look at the plus minus of this game is embarrassing. Like it is, Fournier was a minus 18 in his 18 minutes. Like this stuff is embarrassing. Cade was a plus 10 in a game they lost by 14. How does he play only 30 minutes? I know he had four fouls, but come on. Insane coaching. For the Pacers, speaking of coaching, Rick Carlisle lied and they should get fined because the injury report said that Jalen Smith was fine and available to play. And Carlisle literally came and said, I know this is a cliched statement, he said the quiet part out loud. He said, Jed, we weren't going to play Jalen today. He was there uh, for emergency only, but we didn't want to tell you guys that before the game. That's lying. That is a fine. That is what the injury report is there to do. So Isaiah Jackson got the 13, minute, uh, 13 points in 20 minutes as the backup. They think Smith will be ready for Sunday, but again, that should be a fine. That is as clear as day. Halliburton's minutes restriction is over. Pretty sure it was over before the break. He played 34 or 35 in that one. He had 25, 2 and 13 with two steals and four threes. So you might have been able to buy low on Tyrese, so this looks pretty good here. While Turner had 13, 11 with two steals and two blocks, and Siakam was fine, 20 and 4. And Nempard just does enough at the moment. 8, 6 and 5, two steals and a block, 32 minutes, 101st ranked player over the last two weeks. It's enough to be on a roster. I don't think there's very high upside in him, but there's just enough happening there. Matherin started. He played 35 minutes, and you'd think that 15, 6, and 5 is good, and it's all right, but 1-3, bad from the field goal uh, situation, 36% only, one steal only. He just continues to be a horrible fantasy contributor in category leagues, and you don't need to roster the big fella, Benedict Matherin. That just is not necessary. Let's go on to the second game of the day. We're talking another team that has some, uh, I don't know if it's the right term here, it probably is, coaching challenges. The Nets and the Raptors. Ben Simmons was back after resting that last game before the break, and Dennis Schroeder moved to the bench. Schroeder, of course, uh, a revenge game legend here in this one against his former team. And the Nets lost. They came in after losing by 50 Prior to the break, they fired their coach and then they lost by 30 to a terrible Raptors team, 121-93. And Kevin Ollie was the first choice of Pistons GM legend Troy Weaver, which should show you that he probably doesn't deserve uh, an NBA head coaching job. Um, didn't get that and was overridden to get Monty in. And he coaches here. And, and I cannot, I'm not going to say that this is the end of Kevin Ollie and he's done as a coach because I can't. It's one game. But to make your rotation decisions like this, to have Ben Simmons playing as an off-ball wing standing in the corner and playing all of his minutes with Sharp or Claxton is insane. Why wouldn't you make Simmons out there as the de facto center at times, playing alongside shooters, considering he's one of the best passers in finding open three-point shooters, but no, they play him with non-shooters in off-ball roles. It's nonsensical. I'm not saying that Simmons played well, but if you're going to use him like that, don't play him at all. Because you can't have any... He was a minus 23. He was bad, but is that his fault? Partially, yes, because of how he plays. But it's also the way that you use him makes no sense. Just don't play him if that's going to be the case. And I'm a little worried that Simmons is going to end up a drop. I'd have no problem dropping Schroeder. He had four points in 23 minutes. Revenge game, 14% shooting, two rebounds, two assists. If you want to talk revenge games, this is the perfect revenge game. He went to Toronto, was given a starting role. He got benched. He was annoyed with that situation. Got traded first game back two weeks later and drops this. 
Yeah, he's bad. He's not good at all. Jalen Wilson, who'd honestly been one of their best players recently, was out of the rotation. He played four minutes for two points. Um, Dennis Smith was all right, but not enough playing time. Cam Johnson came off the bench again, played 21 minutes, while Finney Smith played 15 as a starter. What? Johnson had six points with 14% shooting a steal and a block, not playing well. I don't think you need to roster him. If there's going to be this back and forward with the minutes, don't, don't worry about it. What's the point? Mikhail Bridges, number one option legend, had 21 and four in 35 minutes on poor shooting. Cam Thomas, 30 minutes, 19, two and four with two steals. Still led the lead team in shots, equal with Bridges. Actually, I can't complain too much about Thomas. That's not a bad game from him. And Claxton had six and 10 with two steals and a block, which is okay. But the rotation decisions make no sense. They took Claxton out after four minutes. And I'm like, okay, cool. They're going to lean into a little bit of Simmons here. But they took Claxton out after four minutes so they could bring Dayron Sharp in. What's that? What's the point? What is the point of that? Nothing makes sense with what that guy did in his first game. Again, first game, I'll give him a little bit of a break. But honestly, I don't think he made a correct decision all game, Kevin Ollie. And they lost to a terrible tanking team by 30. Emmanuel quickly finally got back on track for the Raptors. He had 24-6-3 with three steals and five threes. He'd been struggling a little bit, but this is good to see. Scotland Barnes had 18-12 and 12 with three steals and a block. That's a strong game. It was also a really good game from the big fella, Gaz Trent. He had 25 points in 31 minutes. I would think that he played the extra minutes. He had 31 of them because he shot 75% and he was just red hot. So Darko just lent into it. I wouldn't bother with looking at Trent as more than a streamer. While Olympic only 18 minutes, yeah, it's a bit annoying, but 18, oh, sorry, eight and four steal on a block, I'll hold for a game. And Pirtle had eight and nine with three blocks. He's still a hold too. Um, should we just have a quick look at how RJ Barrett, oh, what? He shot 39%. He missed both of his free throws. Ooh, oof. Ooh, yeah. Couldn't have seen that coming. He has improved, obviously. He had 12, 5, and 7, but the idea of him maintaining uh, yeah, 15 percentage point better shooting numbers was obviously insane, and it is going to come down. It won't be this bad. It may not be as bad as it was in New York, but we are going to get regression games. If you are you know, worried about... Actually, Rowan Barrett, last five games, 260th ranked player. Not days, games. Okay. Uh, hold him for now. But yeah, I'm worried that he just turns back into non-Poutine-fueled Rowan Barrett. I think there is a, uh, I think there's a distinct chance of that. We'll see. We'll see. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors has partnered up with me, the big fella, Josh Lloyd, to give you some fantasy basketball picks each week all season long. Scouting the waiver wire, we're trying to find the players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. Trey Mann, I'm talking about this before that Hornets game is finished, but I just think that we shouldn't be leaving Trey Mann on the waiver wire. Mann is replacing LaMelo Ball at the moment. I think he can play next to LaMelo Ball. I have very little confidence that LaMelo Ball is going to play out the rest of the season, but that's fine. We just add Mann now and we see what he's able to do. He's finally got an opportunity. The Hornets can evaluate whether he's going to be that guy moving forward. Probably not, but they can evaluate that. And that's where we get some fantasy value out of him. And he's still widely available on fantasy waiver wise. So take a look to see if Trey Mann is in your league and have a look to see whether that makes sense on your roster. Because getting the player, getting the championship team is about getting the players that are perfect fits. It's not always about this guy's got the biggest name or the most minutes. It's about finding the perfect fit. And that is the same with cars. And eBay Motors knows that. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever it is that your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, is guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you are burning rubber, 
and not cash. Keep your ride or die light alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit only available to US customers, eligible items only, and exclusions apply. Let's go on to the next game. It is the Knicks taking on the Philadelphia 76ers. The Sixers welcome back, welcomed back Nicola Batum, who was back from that hamstring injury. He slid into the starting lineup. Kelly Oubre moved directly to the bench. Cool. We got that one happening. Um, I might have missed another lineup change in this one. Anyway, the Knicks made two changes there too. With Isaiah Hartenstein um, replacing Jericho Sims. Hartenstein was on a minutes guideline. And then Dante DiVincenzo re- uh, returning and displacing Alec Burks from the starting lineup. I think I might have missed the Tobias Harris uh, replacement. Let me just have a quick look on that. Apologies, because I think Toby may have missed the game prior to the break. No, he uh, he played. I was correct. That's okay. We're good. So, um, yeah, the Knicks on the road, 110. The Sixers, 96 is the final score here. The Sixers still obviously missing Joel Embiid, but they're going to be doing that for a while. But most of their team is back, and they do get De'Anthony Melton back tomorrow. So how does this game look for the Knicks? Let's talk about Hartenstein. I, uh, 11 minutes. What? Okay, when they said a minute's guideline, I thought, okay, Tibbs will keep him at 25 or whatever. No, 11. So a couple of things here. I would not drop Isaiah Hartenstein. I know he's had some persistent Achilles problems. I would not drop him him here. If we see that this goes on for multiple games, then sure. We're not in the fantasy playoffs yet. If we were and he was playing 11 minutes, then I'd be like, yeah, move on. Like You can't sustain that. I I would hold here. Jericho Sims played 18 minutes. He had four and 10. They just, it was a a weird sort of game. We got more minutes of a tour at center uh, in this one as well. So I wouldn't be too like, uh, especially with the, the game going really small as well, I wouldn't be too that. I wouldn't be that worried. It's obviously annoying, but I wouldn't be that worried here about Hartenstein. Obviously, you drop Alec Burks. Get that garbage out of here. Seven points in thirteen minutes. I will say something that sounds controversial, and again, it's if you are just focusing on individual game production, it sounds dumb. But I, I think this is a very clear Boyan Bogdanovich drop situation. I, I know the man scored twenty-two points. I know that he also had three steals. Not what he does. But he played only 24 minutes. And playing only 24 minutes, he needed to shoot 62% to get to this. He had two rebounds only. That's two games in a row that he's played where he's been under 25 minutes. And it's going to get worse if and when Randall and Ananobi return. Now, you don't have to drop Boyan Bogdanovich. But if you're in a situation where you go, huh, there's a couple of interesting players on my waiver wire. Is Boyan my worst guy? Look, the answer might be yes. So if you do need to make that move, like I wouldn't look at this and go, well, he scored 22. I can't drop him. You can, because scoring 22 in this game in 24 minutes doesn't mean that there's another 22 coming in 24 minutes the next game. What's more important to me is the way that he's being used, and it's not great. DiVincenzo, 35 minutes, 16, 3 and 3, two steals, two blocks, four threes. Always, these guys are always going to be sell high guys because they're waiting for players to return. Same with Josh Hart, Josh Hart, who played 44 minutes, 18 and 12 with two threes, and Achua had 18, 11 with two steals. Bad free throws, but otherwise really good stuff in 38 minutes. I still believe Achua will end up a drop. Josh Hart will end up a drop, and probably if Randall and Ananobi return, like Divincenzo moves to being maybe a drop. Probably doesn't because of the trades of uh, Quickly and Barrett and um, who else did they trade away? Someone else they traded away. I've completely lost my uh, lost from my mind. But he's probably okay. But the other guys, I don't think hold. Brunson had 21, 2, and 12 with two steals and a block. And uh, Juice McBride had four points in his 17 minutes for the Sixers. This was yeah, it's a sizable blowout pretty much most of the game. But Maxi still played 40 minutes. 
35, 6 and 5 with 4 threes and 9 of 9 from the line. So that's good. But Harris, only 27. The Thick Hogsman had 7 and 4 with 3 steals. He just wasn't very good. And Buddy Heald had 33 minutes, 14, 2 and 6 a steal and a block. And the shooting was a little bit off. Now, Heald has been awesome. I don't think that... I don't think that he's a lock to remain a top 100 player because Melton is going to come back next game. And they said uh, self-branded hat legend Nick Nurse, lying legend Nick Nurse, had said a week ago that Buddy Heald will be our starter. And today he said, well, actually our starting guard is going to be Heald or, or it might be Ubre, or it might be Lowry or it might be Melton. And that's not to suggest that Heald won't start, but when you've got four different options in that position makes me think that Minute's consistency won't always be his priority. We had Ubre play 33 off the bench, 14 and 4 with two steals, and Lowry looked all right. 11, 4 and 5 in 25 minutes for Kyle. I'm not adding Kyle Lowry, but the fact that he looked all right and played 25 minutes makes it really hard for me to get super excited about Buddy Heald being that guy that he was in those first couple of games post-trade deadline when they were giving Turquavy on Smith minutes. Context is always really important. We talked about this a lot through the trade deadline. There's the period before the trade deadline. There's the period after the trade deadline where players are moving around. There's the period when the new players arrive and they try and work out the rotations. There's the period after the All-Star break where one or two teams make decisive rotation and starting lineup choices. And we saw those today already that lead for the rest of the season. Then you get the period mid-March when you start to get the fake injuries creeping in. Just there's going to be multiple different phases of this rest of the season. Paul Reed was bad. 22 minutes, two points, and five rebounds. He only took two shots. I don't care. He's still roster him. This was not a good game. I'm aware of this. He is still a top 90 player over the last five games, including this stinker. It just was a bad game. They went small in it. They were getting blown out early. He just And I know, look, if you want points, Paul Reed's not for you. You can move on. Right? Actually, you can move on from Paul Reed at any point that you want. If you don't value what he does or you don't understand how the value is provided from Reed, Move on. That's your team, your decision. But my, again, analysis of it is you don't. You don't do that. He provides numbers. He just does not score. And that is fine. That is how value can be accrued in other areas. We have multiple categories for that. KJ Martin had six and seven in his 21 minutes and Batum went scoreless in his 18. He's just going to be there doing what he does. But it doesn't really lead to much from a fantasy point of view, I think, as we're all pretty well aware the next game was your Orlando Magic uh-huh, beating the Cavs 116-109, the final score there. In that one, there were some lineup changes in this one. In fact, for both teams, Jalen Suggs moved back into the starting lineup, replacing Mr. Black. And Gary Harris replaced Caleb Houston. That was the starting lineup pre-break. We had uh, Marco Fultz out, but he was also out in the game um, before the break there. And then for the Cavs, we had a change also because Donovan Mitchell was ill. So Isaac Okoro stepped into the starting lineup to replace the Don in this one. Um, we don't know whether Mitchell will be available tomorrow. I would expect that he is. He was at shoot-around today, so I expect that he'll be available. The Magic 116, the Cavs 109 is your final score here. In this one, um, Cole Anthony had some foul trouble. He had four fouls. He played only 19 minutes, but 13, 2, and 6. Probably his best game in a long time. I don't have any idea what to make of Marco Fultz here. Fultz, they've got a back-to-back on the weekend. I'd be stunned if he played both of those. He might not play any of them. But we've seen Anthony just not do anything at all recently. So I'm not going to rush to add him here. I'm not going to rush to add Mo Wagner, but he was great. 22 points in 25 minutes with seven rebounds. We know that he can be a very high-efficiency, high-volume big man. 
it's not enough to look at him um, as anything more than a streamer for standard leagues. And I think you can look at Wendell Carter as a streamer as well. Get that garbage out of here! 12 points in 23 minutes. Even more impressive for the Magic in this game is winning it with Bunkero being terrible. 12-6-4 on 27% shooting with no defensive stats is bad. Franz Wagner, 14-4-4, is pretty mid as well. Jalen Suggs only played 18 minutes. He got a hit to the head and never returned. We've got to watch for concussion stuff there. 7-1-3. If I'm in a 10-team league, Suggs is droppable. If I'm at a 12, I think we do roster him, but it's getting to the stage where there's just too much up and down for me to look at him as, yeah, we've got to have him. Gaz Harris had eight points in his 29 minutes. He had three steals. We're not really doing anything with that, though. For the Cavs, not a lot here either, except Mobley's minutes restriction is over. 14, 8, and 6, two steals, two blocks. I love that he did all of that without even needing big usage. It's great. And the winner soldier was good too. 18, 4, and 6 for Max Struess. Now, part of that I'm guessing is because Mitchell was out. He also shot 70%. I'm still not convinced that he's a must-roster guy. While Garland, there's still a lot of hate about Darius Garland. Like, you can hate him and tell him he's a bum and he costs you your league for drafting him. He had, like, three threes, played 37 minutes. He had 10 assists and he had two steals. I'm okay with that. I'm okay. Yeah, I'd love him to do more than 18 points. I would have loved that he only yeah, shot more than 12 times. He did leave the team in shot attempts, though. Um, but I'm, I'm happy. 10 assists, two steals, three threes, 37 minutes. Can't complain too much, I don't think. I don't think we need to be rostering Karis LeVert. Get that garbage out of here! Six points on 20% with two rebounds, and Okoro had a nice little 17-point explosion, but obviously that's not something that is um, uh, going to happen all that often for him, and I don't think we need to worry too much about it. On to the next one. It is the Phoenix Suns and the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, a couple of... Well, actually, I think there's only one lineup change here, and it was one that we sort of worried about, I guess, about what would happen after the deadline, and they did it. They put Derek Lively back into the starting lineup over Daniel Gafford, giving up a first-round pick for Daniel Gafford and when he played well as a starter and then benching him. As much as I, obviously, as much as Derek Lively is obviously the better prospect and maybe a better player now, it seems a weird use of resources to use a late first, but to get a backup center. Seems a little weird. A little bit, maybe. Anyway, the Mavericks win at 123-113. The Suns were without Brad Beal in this one, much as they were after uh, before the break. Gordon had 16 points with two steals in 35 minutes. While Beal is out, Gordon is definitely streamable. Royce O'Neal, 10 and 9 with two threes. He's also streamable while Beal is out. And Booker had 35, 5 and 8. That's a fantastic game. Durant, 23 and 6. Just a little bit inefficient. In fact, by a little bit, I mean a lot, actually. Because he was bad from the field and bad from the line, Kevin Durant. Nurkic only played 20 minutes in this one. Okay, look, he's been trending downwards pretty hard recently. So we keep an eye on that. Five and five with two steals and a block. While Grayson Allen had 10 and five, two threes. Remains a 12-team category must roster, but not a points league must roster player. Eubanks only played six minutes. They just went small. So we didn't really get like Eubanks getting those minutes or um, you know DMP legend David Roddy getting minutes or anything like that or Thad Young getting any center minutes and Bold Bowl was out of the rotation. So some pretty weird rotational decisions again here from the coach. For the Mavericks, we let's break down the center spot because Lively started. He played 16 minutes. He had five and four with two blocks. Okay, Dan Gafford came off the bench and played 17 minutes and had four and five with a block. That's like bad. That's 33 minutes combined. I thought that we might get 40, 42 combined and we get a little bit of Muxy Kleber and PJ Washington thrown in. And that might be the case, but they went to a lot of Kleber and a lot of Washington. As, as I said, Phoenix went small. Dallas went small. I think Gafford probably needs 24 minutes. I think Lively probably needs 28 to be 12-team league players. Neither of them sniffed it. So what do you do here? This, the answer to that question, I think, comes down to a lot of where you sit with your team and how you're feeling. 
I would suggest that it's going to be very hard to see how Lively gets 28, 29 minutes a night with Kleber, with Washington, with Gafford there. That would seem almost impossible to me to be a regular, regular thing. Gafford getting 24 is possible, and I'd probably like to give him a little bit of a leeway and hold to see where that goes. But I also understand if you say, well, I'm just, this is not good and I'm going to cut bait. Remember though, this is a really, a really different matchup where both teams went extremely small and that impacted the playing time. I would be a little bit more cautious and maybe hold one more, but this is a bad trend. Luca had 41, 9, and 11, three steals, huge. Kyrie, 29, 5, and 3 with five threes, also huge. And Josh Green, the five assists, the two steals are nice. The three threes are nice. He's been putting up some pretty solid numbers. I still think he's more of a 14-team league guy, though. Well, PJ Washington, again, probably more 14. 31 minutes, 12 and 6, two threes, steal on a block. But we know the wild inconsistencies this man throws out there makes him really hard to trust on an every-night basis. 12 points in 30 minutes for Hardaway, probably only a must-roster guy when hot or when one of the other guards is out. And Kleber had seven points. I don't think you need to be rostering Tim in um, the vast majority of of uh, 12 teams. You can, but I, I don't think that it's a necessity. Let's talk uh, Let's talk about the next game. It was the Boston Celtics going and taking on your Chicago Bulls. Jalen Brown returned from his one-game sabbatical. He moved back into the starting lineup, replacing Slam and Sammy Hauser, and they did bench Andre Drummond, as we thought, the Bulls, because you, know, you don't want Andre Drummond and Vooch matching up against Tatum, so that meant that Alex Caruso stepped back into that starting lineup. The Celtics win it comfortably, 129-112 against play-in legend Chicago Bulls. Maximum Derek White was maximum. 28-3-5, two steals, three blocks, five threes, lovely. Tatum, 25-7-5, three steals, lovely. Jalen Brown, 21, 5, and 5, also lovely. Drew Holiday, 9 points, eh, but 6 assists, 2 steals at a block, pretty good. Kristaps, 14 and 4, 20, 30 minutes, 3 blocks, only 31%, but overall pretty good. And this is the problem with Al Horford. When somebody is out, Al Horford is a clear 12 team league player. But what we have seen is that when they're all in, Horford doesn't do enough. 0 points, 23 minutes, 5 rebounds. I, again, if you are in a roto league, it's okay to put him on your bench, deploy him when he starts, all good. If you're in a head-to-head league, having to use that roster spot every day, it's hard for me to justify that as a must-roster player. It's hard to justify that. Hauser played only 19 minutes, and interestingly, Xavier T. Ilman, the cashier, garbage time only. I don't know if that'll be the case every game, but he had two points in three minutes of garbage time, and they gave the backup minutes to Luke Cornett for the Bulls. Drummond played 17 minutes. He had 11 and 8 with a block. I do think that you can drop Drummond. I know this. there's no power forwards on this team, but I went through their uh, remaining schedule. I think there's three games that it's likely that he pushes into the 28-minute zone. You can hold on if you want. If you think that they'll do more crossover with him and Vooch, I just don't think it'll happen that often. There was like three minutes in this game. Vooch had 22 and 14. Pretty strong game apart from the lack of defense. And Caruso, 30 minutes, 12-3-5, two steals, a block. Brilliant category game. What about Ayo Desumu? A lot of minutes, man. 41 of them. 14, 7, and 8 should be on a roster. DeRozan and Kobe White, both terrible field goal nights. Kobe had 20 and 3 with 4 assists, and DeRozan had 14, 4, and 5. But overall, the production's okay. What was interesting is Julian Phillips played more minutes than Andre Drummond. I'm not saying we add Phillips at all. Like that, you know, 20 teamers, maybe. He had 9 and 2. But he had more minutes than Andre Drummond in this game, which, again, I think is... Something we wanted to see what they would do in a lineup that wasn't the Cavs or the, or the Wolves, and Drummond was basically a backup only. Let's go on to the next game. The Clippers and the Thunder in Oklahoma City. We had uh, some lineup changes here. 
because, oh, I've got to change that one. Apologies for how that graphic looks, but Kawhi Leonard moved into the starting lineup, replacing Amir Coffey. The Caruso-Drummond one is obviously carryover from the last game. Embarrassing, but that's okay. Sometimes we make mistakes. Um, yeah, so uh, Kawhi was back. Coffey moves to the bench. Cool. The Thunder smacked him. 129-107, the final score here. Limited minutes for the Clippers guys because it was a blowout. So 29 for Harden, 31 for Kawhi, 36 for Paul George. Revenge game, 14 points. He had seven rebounds and six assists. Well, Zubats played 29 minutes. And that's what we wanted to see. Zubats' minutes limit is over. We wanted to see what the minutes would look like with Kawhi there. And he played 29, so we hold. We also got 28 Amir Coffey minutes. Obviously, some of that is blowout stuff. And Storm and Norman Powell had 31 minutes for 19 points. Stramble only. Westbrook, 16 minutes, two points, 11%, five assists. How many jacks is that? Get that garbage out of here. I don't know. It's enough. You just don't need to roster Russell Westbrook in category leagues. For the Thunder, it was the beginning of the Gordon Haywood era, and he had zero points in 14 minutes. Get that garbage out of here. Now, I'm pretty confident that he's not going to play 14 minutes every night. I don't think that's going to be the case. But I don't think that he's a must-roster player. Unless somebody goes down, Giggity, unless someone gets hurt, it's probably going to be him. But if it's, unless someone gets hurt, Haywood just doesn't have enough to do or enough minutes to be a must-roster 12-team league guy. Interestingly, they benched Josh Giddy at halftime. Didn't really impact his minutes. He still played only 23. He had 12-5-2. and two. He's not a 12-team league guy. They started Isaiah Joe in the second half, who had nine points. Um, Hall pass legend Lindy Waters played a minute. I just wanted to mention him because that video was absolutely deranged. I don't know if you saw it, where the lady or the, the guy and the girl were talking about, you know, if he said, hey, yeah, you can go and root someone guilt-free, who would you would you do it? She says, yeah, I'll do it. And they go, who? Oh, yeah, probably Lindy Waters. <laughs> what? Oh, good old Lindy, huh? Um, Kaysen Wallace had seven points with four steals and three assists. Good game from him and Chet. 17 and 10 with three blocks, but a lot of the same. Hey, it was a good Lou Dort game. What was going on here? 19 points, three threes and two blocks. Don't trust it. Don't trust it. Shea had 31, four and eight with two blocks. Another big one from him. Well, Jalen Williams, 54 from the field. He's pretty good, obviously. Three blocks is nice. 18, four and six. A nice, solid Bronco game. Unfortunately, he was only two or four from the line, but overall, everything else there looks pretty good. On to the next game, which was the Houston Rockets and the New Orleans Pelicans. We had the Pelicans just saying, you guys are trash and we are going to smoke you. And that is exactly what happened in this one. There were some lineup changes. Fred Van Vliet returned. Um, Amen Thompson moved to the bench for the Rockets. Brandon Ingram was out ill and Trey Murphy moved into the starting lineup there. So you know, the, the Rockets were full strength. The Pelicans were without Ingram and Dyson Daniels. And they still uh, they still killed him. 127-105. Let's talk Rockets. Let's talk Amen Thompson. 28 off the bench, 22-5 and 4, 3 blocks, 69% from the field. That's amazing. If he's a 28 a night, he's a very, very clear must roster player. I, I said over the break that they could make a starting lineup change, and I think they would start Amen. They didn't, and I was like, okay, cool. Van Vliet's coming back. And you know what? I'd like to think that I said, let's hold a men for one game, but I don't actually remember. I might have said you can move it on and drop, and that might be wrong. Like that, that is wrong. If I said that, that ended up being wrong. But I don't actually remember. But that's whatever. Because they he played awesome. Jalen Green played 24 minutes. Green is bad. Thompson is good. Easy. Go and add a men if he was dropped. I don't know that this means there's permanent changes coming here, but that's really important. Cam Whitmore returned. He had 13 in 24 minutes with two blocks. I don't think that we're adding him in 12s. Well, Jalen Green had 10, 4, and 2. I could not jack this bloke harder. Get that garbage out of here! 
10 4 and 2 with two threes. He might have some good games, sure. Yeah, absolutely. He's still outside the top 150 for the season. He's outside the top 250 over the last two weeks. He stinks. And Jabari Smith, not much better, honestly. I'd rather hold Jabari than Jalen. He had nine and four with two threes there. Shengun was getting cooked by Valanciunas early. He did end up with 20 and nine, but it was not a very good game from him. And Dylan Brooks with Van Vliet back only played 27 minutes. Van Vliet's return, seven points. Yuck. Uh, 30 minutes, but he had six assists and two steals, but only 25% shooting. Just honestly, a bad game all around from Houston. But the good thing is, I think Amen Thompson's going to be a star. I think he's going to be a star. For the Pelicans, what a game from the star, Herb Jones. Unky Herb had 17 points in 37 minutes, but who cares? That's not what it's about. He had three threes. He had five rebounds. He had four assists and the steals, man. Like, that's a lot of steals. Now, the steals, the team's... So this is what's weird. I saw the Pelicans tweet out that he had seven steals. This ESPN box score says he had five steals. Our stat provider says he had six steals. So I don't know what to believe anymore. The numbers just consistently get corrected a million times a day. So let's just say that Herb Jones had a lot of steals. Maybe five, maybe six, maybe seven. I don't know. But it was great. And with Daniels out, we are getting a lot more Herb Jones, and that is really bumping his numbers up. Valanchunas, 27 minutes with no Ingram, 20 and 14. And we talked about that, uh, I don't know when it was, in one of the shows saying, if Ingram is out, do they just have to lean into more Valanchunas for offensive output? And the answer is yes. Zion had 27, three and 10, two steals and a block. I know it's easy to hate on Zion, and people have done it all season. He's actually rolling at the moment. He's 20th over the last two weeks. And that's not even any punt situation. He's starting to play well. CJ had 28, 6 and 6. No defensive stats, but good numbers. And Trey Murphy, you love those defensive stats. Three steals and three blocks. Again, but that could turn into 24 blocks and one steal, according to the way stat corrections seem to happen all the time in the NBA. Um, but no, we're still, ESPN also has three and three, so we're sitting all right there. Trey had 13 points on poor shooting. Um, great value, great numbers, but again, it's Ingram out. I don't know how much I trust Trey as a must-roster guy. To me, he's very much borderline. Even with Dyson out, he's very borderline. Alvarado, he's turning into a nice stream. 11, 2, and 7, 1 steal, 2 blocks. Probably more 14 than 12, but enough there to get you know, marginally interested in what he's doing. Let's go on to the next game. The Charlotte Hornets go into Utah and knock off the Utah Jazz. And there was a change. Uh, to the starting lineup for the Jazz. And we talked about, let's watch to see what happens with Taylor Hendricks after the deadline. Maybe they'll bench John Collins and see what happens with him and Walker Kessler. No, no, they just started Taylor Hendricks straight over Walker Kessler. I didn't expect that was going to happen. But again, it's one of those things that happens at the deadline, at the deadline, at the all-star break, where teams sit down and go, all right, from here on out, this is our direction. This is what we're going to try. And it appears the Jazz are trying to see what Hendricks can bring. We'll talk about him in a second. The Hornets go with the same lineup. They win 115-107, the final score uh, here in this one. Um, Brandon Miller, really good across the board. 16-3-5 with four steals. Oh, not good across the board because he didn't shoot particularly well, but he's, can see, he's sort of settling into where he needs to be now, which is good. And Grant Williams, I just think, needs to be on rosters. 24 points with six threes. He won't be this good, and it is a little disconcerting that he had no rebounds. But otherwise, the stuff there is good. And Trey Mann played 30 minutes. He didn't close the game. I don't think he's closed any games for this team, but I actually don't really care. 30 minutes, 13, 6, and 4, two steals and two threes. If Lamelo Ball returns, maybe he gets dropped down a little bit. That's possible, but who cares? You just roll with Trey Mann, who is now 56th over the last two weeks and getting good production right across the board. It won't last necessarily, but it also might. So just hold. Bridges played 41 minutes. He had 26 and 14, rough from the line, but the other stuff was good. And Big Dick Nick had 8 and 10 with two blocks in his 28 minutes. 
not going to be for every team. We know he's very limited in what he produces, but he's good at those limited things. So you can roster him if you need to in a category league. Three steals for Cody Martin is fine, but nothing too exciting. While uh, Micic had eight assists with 11% shooting. That's a nice assist streamer. He's in at the end of the games now. And Seth Curry had 10 points, but these are only... uh, Deeper league players. The Tra- Trey Mann and Grant Williams are the two real key takeaways there for the Hornets. On to the Jazz. Taylor Hendricks had a really rough first half. He went bananas in the third quarter and then didn't play at all in the fourth. So I don't I don't really understand what happened there. I think he played all of the minutes in the in the third and then just didn't play at all. He ended up with 26 minutes, 12 and 9 with a three. That's encouraging. If I'm in a 16-team league, I would add Taylor Hendricks. If I'm in a 14-team league, I would consider it. If I'm in a 12, it's a little borderline. That's obviously very encouraging. It would have been way more encouraging if he'd played 26 minutes in three quarters and then closed the game with the final six minutes. Then we'd have been, all right, we're on here. That's a 12-teamer. Now, depending on your situation and who you're dropping and where your understandings, if you want to get out ahead of it, we can sort of see this holding for a while. I'd love to see just a couple more minutes on top of that. But at some point, marketing won't be playing feel good about that. I don't know when, probably you know, probably in a while, but it'll happen. So it's about, do you want to get ahead of it with Hendrickson? And I think that, I think there's enough signs to say, you've got to at least consider it. Markkinen had 21, 9 and 6. Collins had 9 and 18 in 31 minutes. Pretty solid stuff from him. But Kessler, oh no, two points in 17 minutes with a block, 25% shooting. Really confusing. Now, when, when the trade deadline happened, when Olenek was traded, there were a lot of people who were like, man, this opens everything up for Walker Kessler. And I was like, I'm not sure that Olenek's presence is what held Kessler back. It's the style. And they want some passing and shooting into that lineup. And having Kessler and Collins together doesn't allow that to happen. And then they put him into the starting lineup straight away. And he played big minutes and it looked like I was wrong. And now it looks like, again, I'm right. So I don't know. I would hold Walker Kessler. But this is, I, I, I would prefer they just see what Hendricks and Kessler can do together. This is a, it is a little confusing to see the minutes go like this. I think you've got to be uh, encouraged by Keontae George. 31 minutes, 16, 3, and 5. It's not a fantastic game. But he's not a league winner because those things don't exist. He's just a guy that can give you some nice value, who I think is a must-roster 12-teamer. And 16, 3, and 5 on 50% shooting is 100% a must-roster player. Colin Sexton had 17, 2, and 5, and Clarkson played 34 minutes. Yeah, I don't think we can get away with him playing that much as we move forward. 15, 8, and 4, but that's where some of the minutes for Hendricks and other guys come in. Chrissy Dunn played 25 as well, 8, 3, and 3, and I just don't think that that's what's going to happen every night. But what is interesting is Taylor Horton Tucker was out of the rotation, thank God, and we played Bryce Sensible. Seven points in 13 minutes. Just watch Bryce Sensible. I don't know that Bryce is going to ever be a 12-team league guy, but I'm not sure they're going to run 34 of Clarkson every night or 25 of Dunn. They have no other person who can play the three, really, apart from Markkinen, who's not really a three. I, If I'm going to flop it out and give you a bald, bald? bold take, it probably won't be till March 26th. You'll get a top 75 run from Sensible, but it's going to be way at the end of the season. There's just enough here for me to go, ah, all right, all-star break, into the rotation. Let's just see him pick off one or two other guys as we move forward. Maybe, maybe. Real bold, that is. Maybe. Let's go to the next one. The Washington Wizards and the Denver Nuggets. And the Wizards did it. I 
don't really understand what they're doing, but that's okay. They benched Jordan Poole. Kyle Kuzma missed the last game before the break, so he moved back into the starting lineup. Poole moved to the bench. Bench Bilal remained starting. And the Nuggets brought back Jamal Murray. Reggie Jackson moved to the bench. And Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Um, durable legend. Iron Man legend. KCP returned from a hamstring injury that you know, they mismanaged, of course. He started. Justin Holiday moved to the bench. And, of course, Contavious Caldwell-Pope then injured his finger and did not return to the game because... Being healthy one season does not mean that you are healthy in the next one. The Wizards won 10, the Nuggets won 30. Now, it's very, very easy to sit here and say Jordan Poole has been terrible this season because he has been. But is, is benching him actually the right move? I, I, I don't know. Poole ended up playing 30 minutes, having 18-1-1 with two steals and three threes. Only shot 24%, another horrendous night. But honestly, that's literally like the same sort of production that he's been getting anyway. So if for some reason you were still holding, like a certain idiot that's talking into this microphone right now, I wouldn't drop him based on this game. But if he starts to play 24 minutes, then yeah, I would. But I also said that if you want to drop him like weeks ago, like well, maybe two, three weeks ago, do it. But I've been more stubborn on him, obviously. Bilal, 32 minutes, four points. Um, I think Bilal needs a few different guys to go out before he's a 12-team league guy. I don't think you need to rush to add him. And wouldn't you know it, wouldn't you know it? Shocked I am that Denny Avdia's best player in history run of shooting did not hold. Denny had five points in 27 minutes on 17% shooting. He had no steals and no blocks. He was one of uh, nine from two and one of three from three because that stuff does not hold. I don't care what your evaluation was of Denny Avdia pre-draft. I don't care if he's figured it out. He hasn't. He might have improved, and he has, 100%. But these are the things that when you play fantasy basketball, when you see sites start to really lube the hand up, really get it going, they're starting to get the brass section working for the rusty trombone when uh, NBA Central and uh, Legion Hoops and engagement farming Instagram accounts are putting out graphics about how this guy's killing it and he's dominating. Now look at these numbers. And we should be trained as fantasy managers to go, yeah, but look, he's shooting 60% from the field and 53 from three. This is 100% fake. Look, we know it's fake. Even though he's improved, we know all of this is fake. And that is, again, to say that he's not also a 17% shooter. That is not going to hold at that number either. It is going to get better than that. But that is why that sell high was there. Because when, you, when I come out and say sell high and all those things come out, you always get pushback. Nah, man, he's figured it out. Then he's the man. He's awesome. He's, well, there's a reason he was compared to Luka Doncic in the draft. Yeah, the reason is people were wrong. So it's always, again, it's another one of those, you can't sell high now, obviously. It's another one of those reminders of just when that stuff starts to pervade into the engagement farmers, when it starts to pervade into Wizards homers and it starts to get pushed through different sites, your sell high is there. It is possible. It is possible. This I couldn't have asked for a more unbelievably great illustration of this and this is not to say that Denny's a droppable play. He's absolutely not. But it's always going to fall back. Kuzma had 31 and 13 with six threes and three steals. Like, if I could get a top 60 player for Kuzma, I would 100% do it. I don't think you can, but I would. And Tyus Jones, 13, 2 and 14. Great. Bagley, only 17 minutes here. Um, no fouls. I would hold. I would hold. But 8 and 7 in 17 minutes with two steals. Not awesome. That's not awesome at all. They just went small. Poole, Bilal, 30 minutes each. Kuzma playing some center. 
11 minutes for Omarui. Not sure this will be the case every time out, but just not good. For the Nuggets, Jokic, 21, 19, and 15, pretty easy stuff. The headmaster had 18, 4, and 8 with three steals and two blocks. Jamal Murray, Michael Porter had 22 and 11, Aaron Gordon, 17 points. And KCP, zero points in 16 minutes, left the game early with a finger sprain, and he should have been jacked in week one. Get that garbage out of here! But you can definitely jack him now. It was Christian Brown who started the second half, not washed legend Justin Holiday. Brown had 12 and 10 with two steals, probably his best game of the season. We're not adding him anyway. I'm not sure if KCP misses time here. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. Interestingly, 22 minutes from Peyton Watson, 11 and 5 with four blocks. He's turning into a very, very good um, defensive stats streamer at this point. Let's bang on to the final games of the day. The San Antonio Spurs gave the Kings a close run, 127-122, the final score. The Kings do get the win. Wembenyama, well, prior to the game, Pop said, yeah, like, we have to start getting him over 30 minutes. And it's like the hot dog guy meme. Like, you know, we'll have to find out who's responsible for this. But he did it. He played, I think, only 13 minutes in the first half, Wemby, but he ended with 31 minutes and almost had a 5x5. Five five. Now, the stats are going to vary. Like, the ESPN box score tells me something different to my data, but whatever. It's close enough. 19, 13, four assists, five steals, five blocks is what I have. The ESPN one tells us 13, 19, 13, and four with five steals and four blocks, but whatever. It's close enough. He didn't shoot well, 38 from the field, 67 from the line, but continues to be ridiculous. The horse played 31 minutes. Keldon Johnson, 18, 4, and 3. Good shooting night from him. Still think he's more of a streamer in category leagues. In points leagues, I get it. You can hold him. But categories, I'm not that interested. While Vassal has 32 with 6 assists. Love what he was able to do here. I had a lot of people ask me recently, hey, do I just go and drop Trey Jones? And like, you know, I know his numbers haven't been awesome. But 10, 2, and 9 in 30 minutes, I think I'm holding on to that. While Sohan had 16 and 8 with 2 steals, 36 minutes is great. He'd obviously been struggling a little bit. Prior to the break, um, this is good. Let's see where it goes. Borderline to me. Brandon only 13 minutes. Zach Collins still rostered in 42% of leagues. For what reason? I have no idea. Get that garbage out of here. Three points for Zach in 17 minutes, while Wesley had four points in his 17. For the Kings, Sabonis. He was sick. He was doubtful. They upgraded him to questionable. He played lower minutes than usual, but still a ludicrous 22-11 and 11 triple-double. He shot 73 from the field and then didn't hurt your free throws. He didn't take any, so that's great. Fox had 28-5 and 9, two steals and a blocks. We knew that his shoulder was really sore prior to the break. Hopefully, he was able to get enough treatment and rest, and first returns are pretty good. While Leaky Monk had 21 in 27 minutes with two steals and two blocks, Malik Monk needs to be rostered. Fan of Pants, good game from Kevin Herter, 21 in 31 minutes with five assists. I think he's more of a 14-teamer than a 12, while the pencil Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. Seventeen minutes for five points. Yeah, like he's still rostered in the Zach Collins esque forty five percent of leagues. Get that garbage out of here. And Keegan Murray, eh, not great, but better. Sixteen and four, no assists, no steals, no blocks. The Ryan Anderson uh, triple threat. He had two threes in his thirty five minutes. He's obviously been playing poorly. This was an improvement, and that's what we want to see. We want to see things get better. Let's do the final game of the day. The Lakers and the Warriors. No LeBron for the Lakers. So pretty comfortable victory here in the end for the Warriors. 128-110. The LeBron didn't play for the Lakers first game uh, or last game prior to the break anyway. So they went with the same starting lineup. That meant big minutes for Torian Prince, who played 32. He had 12 points with two threes. That's obviously only deep league streaming. And the same with Rui Hachimura. I know everyone loves to add him. Eight points in 32 minutes. With two blocks, but eight shots, 38%. He's no more than a streamer, and we don't roster Spencer Dinwiddie. Get that garbage out of here! 
18 minutes, 5 points, 33%. Austin Reeves had 16, 2, and 4, which is all right. Russell had 18, 5, and 9, which is pretty good. And Davis had 27, 15, and 3 blocks. Now, LeBron might be ready tomorrow. I think he probably will. Um, and Jackson Hayes played 18 minutes, 7 and 7 with Christian Wood out. But we don't need to worry with Prince. We don't need to worry with Hachimura. We don't need to worry with Dinwiddie. The guy that got a lot of minutes, which I like because he's good, Max Christie, 9, 3 and 6 in his 29 minutes. For the Warriors, they went with the same lineup, Clay Thompson coming off the bench. And the antidote to Clay Thompson being good again is not coming off the bench. Clay had three points on 11% shooting in 28 minutes. He had five assists. Sometimes we, again, I think I talked about this in that last show before the break, saying that something will happen, like Clay moving to the bench. He'll get red hot and people go, see, that's all all he needed. Motivation. He needed the freedom of playing and being a gunner off the bench. And sometimes it's just coincidence. And when those two things happen, we um, conflate them together to mean that that's what's going to happen each time out. In essence, I think the reality is, is Clay's just not very good anymore. I think that's probably the overall statement. He will have good games. But overall, I just think he might not be good anymore. As for what do you do with Clay? If I'm in a 10-team, I am not bothering to hold. If I'm in a 12, it does get a little bit more tricky. But what's he done this year that would suggest that he's a must-roster player? Not a lot. Steph was great. 32 in 32 minutes, 8 assists and 3 steals. Um, And Trace Jackson Davis. This man, when he gets minutes, he's just very good. Now, he didn't really play much early on, but ended with 17 and 5, two blocks in 15 minutes. Just keep an eye if they ever decide to make the move to play him over Sharich and especially over Looney. It takes a while for Kerr to make these calls, so we'll see what they do. We need to do John Kaminga watch, and oh no. Uh, oh no. It's back to old Kaminga. 12, 3 and 3 in 24 minutes on 42 from the field and 50 from the line. We knew there was a lot of unsustainability about stuff that he was doing, and it has fully regressed. Not only has it fully regressed in shooting, but the minutes are down. I'm not saying that we drop Kaminga. I might say something different in a week or two. Pajemski, 10 and 9 in 28 minutes, shot badly. I think he's more of a points league guy than a category league guy, and then we'll have to reassess it all when Chris Paul returns next week. But for now, we hold. Draymond had 8, 7, and 5, and we go. 20 points in 28 minutes for Wiggins with two threes. Still more of a fringy guy, but probably does deserve a roster spot over Clay, to be honest. Not much else going on there. Uh, Lester Kidnones had seven points in his 14 minutes as well. So let's go through now and uh, have a look at the stream of the day. How did we do on the streams of the day? Well, the 10-team stream of the day was Precious Achua. That worked out pretty well. He just needs to be on rosters. 18-11, two assists, two steals, and a block. Your 12-teamer was Andy Nampard, 8-6-5 with two steals and a block. Again, people will often look at eight points. That's nothing. But the rest of the stuff is all 12-team worthy. And at the moment, he's at least uh, reasonable to have on your team. The 14-teamer was Chris Dunn. He got 25 minutes, but he didn't bring what we needed. 8-3-3. Three, and three. I think he's okay to hold in 14s, but I'm not 100% convinced on that. The 16-team stream of the day, absolute W. TJ McConnell had 16-6-5 six, and five with two steals and a block. He needs to be rostered in those leagues. Your points league streams was Nempard. Yahoo, he had 29.7. That's a W. And ESPN, he had 32. Also a W. When you get 30 fantasy points off the wire, I think you can be feeling pretty okay that that result is uh, what you want. Who was the monstrous line of the night, though? That's the big question, because there are a couple of options we could have gone with. But in the end, we do go to, um, if I can find the right page where I'm supposed to be, we do go to Devin Booker's father. Luka Doncic has 41 points with 9 rebounds and 11 assists to just post another huge, huge game. He has been obviously great this season. 
If you could get another, if you get Shea back in the trade, you do it. You do it. You do. You do. You do it if you can do it. But we'll see whether you're able to uh, actually pull that off, Giggity. The waiver wire line of the night: the best performer from a player available in over fifty percent of fantasy leagues. We are going to the big fella in Toronto, Gaz Trent. He had 25 points. He hit five threes. He shot 75% from the field. They gave him extra minutes because uh, things were going well. I don't think we look at him as more than a streamer, though. Your young gun of the night. You're going to be real shocked to know who this is. Uh, we've, we've never seen this guy here before. Um, he probably should savor this moment. It is Victor Wembanyama, who had 19, 3, and 5 with four, five steals and four blocks or five blocks or however you want to look at it. He's ridiculous. He's a top three pick next season. I feel good about saying that now. I take him over in bead every day of the week. Do I? Well, I haven't done projections, but I'm maybe hyperbolizing, which isn't a real word, but it should be. So, yeah, Victor's great. The dud of the night. Who was the guy widely rostered who stunk the most? Well, I think it's this guy, Denny Avdia. Five points, four rebounds, 17% shooting on decent volume, no defensive stats. Bad night from Avdia. Two other guys could have chucked in there, but Avdia on my metrics was the worst player of the day. And that's how it sometimes works. Your top six players who are our top six in categories. We already know who number one was. It was, of course, Luka Doncic. But who came in behind him? Well, I didn't even mention this in the Nuggets game. Jokic had a huge triple-double. 100% from the field. 21, 19, and 15, 100% shooting. He missed a free throw. So blotted his copybook, so to speak. But huge from from Jokic there. So Doncic, then Jokic. Maximum Derek White. Devin Booker. Sabonis and Steph Curry comes in at number six. Your top six players rostered under 50%. Gaz Trent at one. Followed by TJ McConnell. McConnell, Deeper Leagues, Trent Streamer, Amen Thompson. I just wish we would hear, yeah, we're starting him, but go ahead, like, add him and let's see where it goes because it was bloody obvious today who should be playing. Fanda uh, Pants, eh. Max Struess, eh. Lou Dort, eh. I don't look at them as must roster, but also if they were on your team, I'd go, that's totally okay. Look, that's fine. But they're not guys who go, man, I, I cannot wait to have Herder doing his thing for me all through the fantasy playoffs. He's there. He's useful enough sometimes. Sometimes he's not. I think that's sort of where we sit with someone like that. And your top six Yahoo points performers for the day. Number one was Luka Doncic, followed by Victor Wembanyama, Nikola Jokic, the future MVP Kyle Kuzma, Shea Gildas-Alexander, and De'Aaron Fox. So what are our major takeaways for the day? I think... Grabbing Thompson makes a little bit of sense. Well, Asar in there as well. I think Hendricks, it's an interesting one. I don't know where that's going to go as we move forward. But some promising signs. Andy Nampard, probably worth consideration as well. Simone Fontecchio, not sure you need to consider him a must-roster guy. You can drop if you want. And I think the same goes with Derek Lively. I just think he needs unfettered access to 28, 29 minutes. And given the way they're set up, I don't really think that's going to be possible, to be honest. So, the NBA is back. Fantasy playoffs are coming up soon. And we just dropped a big 12-game recap. So, you are here now, but you know what you need to do. You need to be a double banger. You need to subscribe and notification bell on YouTube. Because like we said, like I said, there's going to be a bit of a delay in some of the audio-only shows. So, make sure you're watching them on YouTube. And then we can go back to the audio once that little transition happens and fixes up for us over here. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for watching, everyone. So yeah.